This is Defender Radio. Defender Radio is brought to you by Gates Wildlife Control and the Association for the Protection of Fur-Bearing Animals. It's the week of September 7th, 2015, and this is Michael Howie welcoming you to episode 242 of Defender Radio. Animal lovers know how frustrating politics can be, particularly during an election campaign. Despite the fact that the majority of Canadians have companion animals in their homes and that the humane treatment of animals and their habitats is a priority for many voters, these issues rarely make it onto the floor of the House of Commons. And the folks at Animal Justice Canada Legislative Fund want to make that history. Last week, the organization launched Humane Voters Canada, a project that seeks to use the election process to influence the legislature to improve the welfare and rights of non-human animals. To introduce us to this new project, how it will function, and how we can all play a role, we were joined by Humane Voters Canada Director Jerry Simonelli. Animal Justice Canada Legislative Fund has started Humane Voters Canada. What is the or what was the, the, the push to do this in particular, um, as opposed to some of the other options that may be out there, like forming an actual political party or um, simply continuing to advocate? Why was this specific uh, uh, organizational project started? Well, you know, the, the general reason is that uh, animal issues really are ignored in Canadian politics. Um, when Whenever there are votes on animal issues, the parties really just ignore the animal interest because we just don't have political clout and political muscle. So that's the, that's the overall driving impetus. As to whether we, as to why we chose not to be a political party, uh, I mean, for example, there is the Animal Alliance and Environmental Voters Party, uh, an actual political party um, that promotes animal interests and environmental interests. Our basic belief is that in order to get real political traction and make a difference, we have to have input into the major parties. As much as I love some of the minor party candidates and may feel closely aligned with, uh, with what their beliefs are, they're never going to be elected. And so if we really want to affect public policy, we as animal advocates need to get involved to the point where we are affecting candidates running in the major parties, running for the major parties, uh, getting candidates elected, getting candidates defeated, and ultimately getting the attention of the major parties. And that's where we're going to have input for animals in the legislative process. Um, and why and i'm going to just you know i'm going to play devil's advocate here uh, i i love what you're doing i think this is the absolute right way to go about doing it um but i get paid to be a jerk sometimes so you know that's it. Good. all right go right ahead <laughs> go right ahead ask the question um, <laughs> i'm not sure i could answer them but ask the question right. uh, so why are politicians or or hopeful politicians going to take the time to to answer you know a questionnaire or or listen to uh, Humane Voters Canada, when there are issues out there uh, uh, and, and lobby groups that really are huge and powerful, uh, especially some of the unions here in Ontario, as, as you well know. Well, 
I mean, we, we are a new organization, so clearly our hope is that in the future, after they see what we do in this election, they will take us a lot more seriously. Uh, we don't know what kind of response we're going to get. So you raise a good question. A candidate may get a lot of different questionnaires from various groups, and currently um, candidates and politicians do not view animal interest as being that significant. So that runs the risk of not getting uh, a very good response to our questionnaires. But once they see what we actually do in some of the ridings and where we can make a difference, uh, then I think in the future you will start seeing candidates paying a lot more attention to us. Uh, you know, in the U.S., there is uh, much more organized uh, animal advocacy on the political level. And, uh, you know, the same thing years ago, animal interests were completely ignored. But w one of the things that I've done in my background is I was special counsel to Congressman Chris Shays, former congressman, and he was... A Republican, a moderate Republican, and chairman of the uh, Congressional Animal Protection Caucus in the Congress. There are like 40, about 45 members of Congress that belong to both on both parties that belong to this caucus, and they were members of Congress that had interest in animal issues. And uh, he he told me that he, he had won a very close re-election in 2006 because as a Republican, that was the year when the Democrats swept Congress, and he attributed. The reason why he hung on to animal advocates um, that crossed party lines, because he said he, he was constantly approached by people saying, I may disagree with you, I don't like you, I really want the Democrats to win, but you are such a good champion for animals, I'm going to vote for you. He attributed that to, to being the reason why he got elected, re-elected. And, uh, and so I think as, as members of parliament and as politicians uh, start understanding that animal advocates have a deep reservoir of support. And if we mobilize that, that's going to make differences in individual writings. So to answer your question, I think uh, we might not be taken as seriously as we would like to this election, simply because in the past, animal interests have really been uh, in, almost insignificant politically. But we hope to be significant in this election and be taken seriously in the future. Uh, and that actually raises something interesting. Uh, uh, I was a, a print journalist for, for many years and covered a lot of uh, elections at, at the local level. So I, I would deal one-on-one -on -one with a lot of the individual candidates as opposed to the pl uh, political leaders. Um, and it, it always struck me as interesting locally because you would meet someone and say, you know, I really like you. I think you're a good constituency uh, representative, but your party is, is completely bonkers. Um, now, is that something that you, you expect you're going to see start happening? Because uh, right now, I I personally feel that more, more people, uh, at least in Ontario, I, I don't want to speak for all of Canada, but at least in Ontario, more people vote for the party than they do for the individual at this point. Um, is that something you expect you're going to be able to uh, have some sway over is convincing people you've got to look at who is running, not just which party they're with. Yes, but also we, we hope to affect the, and impact the parties. Uh, because of the nature of the system in Canada where the parties are so strong compared to the U.S. where the parties are a lot weaker, uh, that is a real problem in that you may have an individual candidate who personally 
it's good on animal issues, but that candidate, he or she, has to, um, has to toe the party line. What our hope is that when we select ridings and make a difference in ridings, the parties are going to start realizing that if, if we target them either because they are moving in our direction and target them in a positive way or target them in a negative way because they're not moving in our direction, that we are going to have some sway in some key selective writings. And so we then hope to start getting the attention of parties. But you raise a very good question. Because of the nature of the strong parties in Canada, um, we do have to ultimately try to impact the, the parties and their perception of us as being significant players in the election. Keep in mind, the, the potential that we're hoping to unlock is that half of the, more than half of the homes in Canada, I believe the last statistic I've seen, more than half the homes actually share their home with a cat or a dog, a companion animal, and view that animal as a member of the family. So when you look at that deep reservoir of public concern for animal issues, and when you look at the amount of money that's spent on, on vets and the amount of money that's spent on just companion animals in general, it goes into the billions of dollars. People really care about their companion animals. And that is a very deep reservoir of voters that are there for us to be tapping and translate into effective political mobilization. Absolutely. And that's something I often uh, consider. And I think that's one of the reasons why uh, unfortunately, um, and I chuckle a bit because it's something that I, I personally struggle with and bang my head against the wall regarding uh, when a companion animal is caught in a trap, we get a lot more attention on the issue than when it's, uh, um, you know, an orphaned uh, baby skunk or something. Um, but speaking specifically on that, that, that companion animal concept, um, how... Or, or do you expect the issue to come up of people saying, I love my dog and, you know, I would go to war for my dog, but you want to take away my bacon? Um, and, and this is something that I see constantly uh, when we start doing public work. Um, people sort of, they, they, they do this extreme jump uh, the second you say humane or animal rights or advocacy. Um, so is that something that you're prepared to, to handle of... You know, it's, we, we want to improve lives uh, for, for your companion animals who are maybe kept outside on chains all day or cows that are kept, uh, you know, with nothing more than a lean-to all winter. But people are worried you're going to force veganism upon them or upon the country. No, not at all. Um, basically, the there is really no conflict here. When you look again at polls of people, when people are polled, as to do they want more humane treatment of farm animals, uh, we're not telling them to become vegetarians and to stop eating meat. We're telling them that we want to promote humane treatment of animals. And the public is squarely behind the more humane treatment of farm animals. You look at, in the U.S., and I don't think U.S. public opinion is all that much different from Canada. You look at, in the U.S., all of the ballot initiatives that there have been on farm animal issues, starting in 2002 in Florida, going to Arizona, I think it was 2008 in California, every single one of them won by over like 65 to 70% the ballot initiative. Now, 
Canada, British Columbia is the only province that has a ballot initiative process in Canada, but in the U.S., a number of states have that, where you get enough signatures and you could actually get an issue on the ballot and it becomes law. You essentially, the people can write the law and go over the heads of the legislature. And that is that was done in all of those states I mentioned. There's actually one more that I'm missing, but I know there was Florida, Arizona, and California, California being the big one, in 2008. Overwhelmingly, the public was voting, and all of these same arguments were raised that this is the vegan police, they want they want to take away your bacon, they really have a hidden agenda. The public just didn't buy it because that's not true. Everybody, everybody, including meat eaters, want more humane of animals. I think there's a rare person out there who would actually answer the question that, no, I really want animals to be treated very poorly, the animal that ultimately ends up on my table. So I don't see there's any conflict at all in what we're doing. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. You're listening to Defender Radio. First, they tear a hole in your roof. Then they get in, destroying your insulation, chewing your electrical wiring. Raccoons and squirrels are eating away at your biggest investment, your home. I am Brad Gates of Gates Wildlife Control. Don't wait any longer. Call Gates Wildlife Control will humanely get them out and keep them out. We will come to your house and provide you with a no-obligation free estimate. Please visit us at gateswildlifecontrol.com or call 416-750-9453. Have you ever heard a coyote sing? Did you know that coyotes are also called North America song dogs? They communicate through unique howls, yips, and barks. At Coyote Watch Canada, we're committed to fostering peaceful coexistence for communities and their wildlife neighbors by building compassionate wildlife communities one community at a time. Please visit us at coyotewatchcanada.com for more information and tips about this amazing Keystone species. Beaver dams help clean water, promote songbird diversity, encourage fish populations, and create better soil and a cleaner environment. Beavers are good for Canada, but will we be good to them? Find out more at FurBearerDefenders.com and give a damn about beavers. This is Defender Radio. We're back with more from Jerry Simonelli of Humane Voters Canada. One of the things I, I do find interesting that you um, you bring up is uh, you, you've mentioned targeting individual uh, ridings. And I imagine this first time around, uh, and, and you are being forced into this, I think, a little suddenly, given the, uh, the style of this campaign we're facing, uh, uh, election campaign, but... Um, I, I would look at Hamilton, where I live, as an example. Downtown Hamilton, I don't think has ever not been NDP. Um, even before the New Democratic Party existed, the steel union workers were all like, yeah, we're NDP. Um, so, in a riding like this, is is this a riding that you're going to try and target? Or are you going to look for key swing ridings? And are you going to look for ones that really are up in the air? I, I look at uh, certain ridings in Toronto that are very frequently right on that line between, say, liberal and NDP or conservative and liberal uh, and the, the outlying areas. Um, 
And so how, how are you going to differentiate between where you want to target the first time around? Well, you know, again, keep, keep in mind that this is our first time around, and so we haven't fully decided uh, based on resources what we're going to be able to do. That's still, you know, this is our first, this is our launch, and this is our first campaign that we're, that we're involved with. But I think ultimately we would want to be involved in ridings where we can make a difference. So as you mentioned, the swing ridings would probably be the ones, um, and more likely in the Toronto area, um, but, you know, we, we are looking at some other possibilities, you know, Windsor and, and Hamilton and some other London. I mean, there are some other possibilities, but um, logistically, we just haven't really fully decided what we're going to be able to do. We're going to evaluate the response to our questionnaire and, of course, our knowledge of the, uh, of the individual writings and uh, make our determination. All right. And uh, how, how are you going to... Uh, um try and address a lot of these politicians publicly once you've got your um uh, uh your your questionnaire back and i guess i'm asking uh directly you know what is the strategy going to be are you going to be trying to shame uh uh individual politicians or candidates into sort of admitting one way or the other what they believe are you simply going to throw your support behind the way uh, um, uh, we see some uh, unions do. Uh, so it's, you know, anyone but Harper or vote for this person or don't vote for that person. Uh, what What's the, the public strategy going to be? Well, again, I don't know that we have fully decided on what we're going to do based on the, the response that we get from the questionnaires and based on our evaluation of the writings. But we clearly want to make a difference in writings. We want to identify a writing that might be close and in a situation where there might be a clear choice uh, with someone who is a good animal advocate who really has a shot at winning that riding, I would think that those ridings would be, they would be our primary targets. Um, on the other hand, if we see someone who has consistently been very bad on animal issues, um, and that is also a very close riding and endorsing somebody else um, and going into that riding could make a difference. That may also be one of our, our targeted uh, ridings. And I'm, I'm going to ask this. Uh, I, I kind of already touched on it. Um, but when you look at, and I'm going to use the environment sort of as the overarching theme here, um, because I don't think that any of the four major political parties, and I'm not including uh, uh, the national parties out of Quebec, um, have animal welfare as a truly campaign issue. Uh, but even the environment this year is taking a bit of a back seat. So a few elections ago, the environment was a huge issue. And it's slowly, you know, as the economy dwindled a bit, as jobs were lost, as the manufacturing sector went away, uh, we, we, we saw that sort of increase in those subjects. And now the only people we've really heard talking about the environment at all, uh, outside of Elizabeth May, is uh, Mouclair and uh, uh, Trudeau regarding pipelines. So is the public, do you believe, less interested in environmental and animal issues, or are the political parties, uh, uh, the think tanks behind them, simply putting their chips on the economy right now? Well, yeah, I'm, I don't think that the public is less interested in the environment. I mean, sometimes... There, there comes a dynamic as to why certain issues are, are uh, selected by the parties uh, or not selected is something that usually is based on their internal polling, 
uh, of you know of what they think the public is interested at that particular moment. Um, but certainly, I don't think that the environment is far behind in people's minds. Maybe it's not primary. You know, maybe there are economic issues that you know for the for the immediate moment that's in the front. But I don't think if environment is in the back, I don't think it's far in the back because that's such an important issue. It affects it affects us all and our children. And finally, the the obvious one is people want to be involved in this. This is a great initiative with a very strong future. I think it's quite clear uh, that there are some brilliant minds behind this project. Um, and and a lot of us are going to be looking forward to what you do. Um, and Canada is, uh, come election time, very largely apathetic, as we know. Um, how important is it? In sort of broad view, even in the ridings where it's very likely going to go one of two ways, animal issues will not be an issue. Uh, so sort of like the opposite of the areas that you want to target. Um, how important is it that people still get out and vote, um, even if they don't see a great option in front of them, or even if they believe, you know, voting for the party they want will be a wasted vote? How important is it to simply go out and vote come October? Well, you know, I've always thought that the right to vote is so important. Like when you look at other people around the world that die, and people in our country have died for, to give us the right to vote, and other people around the world are dying because they want freedom and the right to vote. Um, to me, voting is a civic duty. So I think that anyone uh, has no right to complain about anything if they completely ignore the public realm. Uh, that's, that's my personal view. That's not, that's not an official view of Humane Voters Canada. That's my personal view. Um, I personally think that it's a cherished right, and, uh, and uh, people have no right to complain about their condition or their community if they don't be informed citizens. You know, I remember years ago, there used to be courses taught uh, on citizenship, what it means to be a good citizen. And I don't think schools teach those courses anymore. And I think that's very important. Um, we have a responsibility. You know, it's easy to always be blaming the politician. And when people won't get off their, their duff and maybe go to their local city council meeting and find out what people are actually saying, uh, it's easy to complain. But it's, it's not easy to actually get out and become informed. And I think that's what we really need an informed electorate. People who want to get involved with Humane Voters Canada, uh, uh, the website humanevoters.ca, and we're going to link to it on this week's blog and everything to go with this podcast. Um, but uh, for folks who want to volunteer, who want to get involved through monetary donations, uh, um, or who really want to get involved locally, uh, what can they be doing right now, or what should they be doing? Well, um, you know, again, uh, we, we are, resources are always a big issue for animal protection organizations. Uh, we don't have, uh, animal protection organizations don't have big donor funders. And so grassroots is important to us. That, of course, is, is very important. Uh, the other is we have the volunteer sheet, and we are, um, we are responding to everybody as we get them and let them know that as we get closer to election later in September, we're going to be contacting everybody. Um, and when we start selecting the ridings, uh, we will then try to match the people who are living near the ridings that we're targeting and try to deploy them into those ridings. So 
both the volunteer mechanism and the donor mechanism on our website is very important to us because we're just getting started. To learn more about Humane Voters Canada and how you can get involved, visit humanevoters.ca. That's the show for this week. I'd like to thank Jerry for sharing his time, as well as Brad Gates of AAA Gates Wildlife Control for his ongoing supports. Until next time, this is Michael Howie reminding you to stay informed and stay strong. <laughs>